You're listening to the Westchester Podcast, an official podcast of the New York City Church of Christ. They walked all over the building before church. It must be all of you disturbing the electromagnetic fields in this space. It must be the Spirit of God when two or three are gathered. There must be some more spiritual people in here that are just disrupting those basic principles. Maybe God just wants to keep me humble. Amen. So we have a, uh, this is really going to be an opportunity to see a lot of the great things that hope has been able to do. Hope is a project called Helping Other People Everywhere. And at the beginning, we have a short video highlighting the value that hope can bring to anyone who participates. And for the contribution, Lonnie and her son Alvin got to go to Kenya on a Hope Volunteer Corps, and they have a short video they want to present, and she has some thoughts that she wants to share. And even in the end, we're taking up a huge book bag drive today, amen, for Hope, for our project here locally with schools in Yonkers, and we have some great things going on. So right now we're going to watch this video, and it's going to be the key off for my lesson. Connection, a link, a network, a great alliance, a fastening of life that when joined together can strengthen, enrich and defend. Our existence is based on connection. We join together through geographic location, language, culture, age, common interest, convenience and sometimes not at all. Then there's us, the me millennials. Now let me diverge for a moment. You see, I'm really not trying to look down on us. We were raised in a consumer generation, saturated with technology, over aware of the world and its problems, born from a generation who felt like they lacked choices. With all good intention, we were encouraged to pursue our dreams, believe in ourselves, never take no for an answer. But this made it hard to stop thinking about me. Yet we are also a generation that dreams, that believes, that will not stand for oppression, that aims to fight for the truth, and all that strives for authenticity, even though sometimes we curate our lives in unrealistic ways. But anyways, scrolling through our news feeds and what do we see but a generation who was told to believe in me but needs to remember the we. Looking outside the veil, searching for a more meaningful life experience, Putting aside all our insecurities, comforts, knowledge, culture, and time. Fighting for that sacred connection. The we uniting, giving. Giving because we already possess so much. Giving because of empathy, not because of selfish ambition. The giver and the given, creating a bond that lasts beyond a two-week span. The giver learning how to take leaps of faith, embracing new perspectives, undertaking a new understanding of love. The given gaining a new sense of hope, of love, and vision for a brighter future. You can be very oblivious to the things that are going on in this world, um, and hope you've got really opened your eyes to that and really 
makes the scriptures come alive in a way that they don't when you're just living your daily life. They're not just here to only have an impact, but they're here to actually be changed themselves and to bring something incredible back to where they're from. What we really try and instill in the youth corps is that it doesn't just end after the youth corps, that you keep that heart going. It just really made me want to go back home and just serve others as best as I can. I, I wanted to make sure I wasn't doing was to treat them any less like I would treat the people around me. Because I wanted to make sure that, yeah, I, I was empowering them. How, you know, when I put down all of my insecurities, you know, how far God can take all of us, you know, to really, like, accomplish great things for him. Uh, shifted my perspective from not just being grateful for what I have, but also being driven to do something with what I have and do something impactful and to change the world with what with the circumstances that I've been given. Let's begin defining ourselves, seeing how criticism can be turned into motivation, considering our life and purpose in reference of we instead of me. Because you'll never know the power one life can have on another until you take a chance to walk in his steps. Amen? Why does the me need to become we? It's because of Jesus, right? It's because he called us to think beyond ourselves. And the whole idea of in his steps is the center behind why we even care about other people. If there wasn't for Jesus, we could be very self-centered and very selfish and only care about what our needs and wants and problems are. But aren't we called to be bigger than that? Aren't we called to have a bigger vision than that? And projects like Hope and the local projects of Hope are one of the ways that we can have a bigger heart for that. But in John chapter 13, I'd like us to read together where Jesus shows us even the extent that he's willing to go to and what he calls us to do on account of that. In John chapter 13, in verse 1, this is the night that he's going to die. And he's even got the man who's about to betray him at the meal. So in verse 1, It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize what I am doing now, but later on you will understand. No, said Peter, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and head as well. Jesus answered, A man who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, 
And that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked. Now that you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. If we can look at the next slide. Okay. It's not about me. It's about others. John 13 says, Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. As Jesus comes and talks to us, and as he sets this example, how do you think the disciples felt when he got up to wash everybody's feet? Think about that. Back in those days, the roads that they walked on, when Andy and I, I decided to wear this outfit today because part of it, we took a week and, a, and a, a, almost a week and a half out of our summer vacation and another week to plan classes to go to Abidjan to do all of this teaching. We took two weeks of our time. Why? Because the church there wanted help and training and teaching and we, took, we decided we wanted to do it. And I just thought this was a fun thing to wear. And if I have to have the kids in service, I want them to look at me. I'm still what's known as the crazy white guy, the Murungu Anopenga. That name has been perpetrated even in, in Abidjan today as they, they loved us being there. But we took time out of our, no one, no one said, would you guys go and do this? The need was there. And I said, honey, I'd like us to do this. We have to have that spirit of going out beyond what anybody's going to ask you to do. Did anybody ask Jesus to wash the other guy's feet? He knows the feet needed to be washed. And just for you guys to understand why, when we were in Abidjan, half of the city has dirt roads because it's expanded and there's infrastructure of water and sewer and electricity, but no paved roads. So everything's covered in dust. Asthma is a problem. Dirt is everywhere. People get dirty just walking around. And those were the kind of roads that people walked on in those days too. And not only that, but as I read up on this, it wasn't just the dust on the roads. What was the method of transporting things in Jesus' day? Mules, donkeys, oxen, right? They were biopowered. But guess what? They had bio-waste that dropped all over the road. And guess what you would wind up stepping in? So feet washing was something that was typically done at any kind of social gathering. Somebody forgot to get the foot washer. Somebody forgot to organize that. Now Jesus could have been like, man, you guys dropped the ball. Couldn't he have been like that? Who forgot? Peter, James, John, who forgot? Did he do that? Instead, he got up and he met the need. He humbly washed their feet. Because the way they sat at a table in those days was you reclined at a table. It wasn't a chair. Your feet would be right underneath somebody else's nose. And if you didn't wash their feet, it'd be a rather smelly, rank meal that would be had. But 
Jesus said, I'm going to meet that need. I'm going to take care of my followers. I'm going to serve them and make this thing something special for them. Now, Jesus says in verse 17, does he say that we're blessed because we know these things? Is that what he says? What does he say? How does he say we'll be blessed? If we do these things, we have to understand. Some of us think church would be great if it was just me and God. I want this vertical relationship. But Christianity is not an, an individual. It's a corporate thing. It's a one another religion. Jesus wants us to reach out to take care of each other's needs. He wants you to see a need and not wait for somebody to ask you to meet it, but for you to just step up and meet it. Be like, he says, you'll be blessed if you do these things. We don't have to have basins up here and feet washing. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about when you see a need, you step up and meet the need. You help each other out. You help each other. You, you encourage each other. You serve each other. You pray for each other. You call each other. If somebody's struggling and going through hard times, you go out of your way for each other. There's a brother going through some really hard things. He was feeling very discouraged. Me and this other brother, we, we called him, set it up. We took him out for dinner. And we talked and we encouraged and we prayed and we looked at scriptures and we connected and we understood his pain. And he was encouraged by that. Because sometimes when you're going through hard times, you feel like there's no end to this. There's no future in this. And you're tempted to want to pack it in and give it up. But we've got to be there for each other. And that brother's here with us in church today. He was discouraged and feeling like there's some hard things, really hard things going on in his life. He just needed someone to care and go out of their way for him, washing his feet, so to speak. Do you understand what I'm saying? We need to have that heart for each other. If somebody you look around is normally here and they're not here and you don't know why they're not here, reach out. Are they okay? Are they sick? Are they struggling? Maybe they're just away. But even if you give them a call and say, I was thinking of you, I didn't see you today, they're going to feel encouraged that you thought of them and reached out to even encourage them. Amen? But we are only going to be blessed if we do these things. Not if we know these things. This is not an accumulation of knowledge. Christianity is an active religion. Following Jesus has to involve us doing things with it. Amen? So it's not about me. It's about others. So as we think about that, even this Labor Day weekend, what's it celebrating? The value of people coming together and the working people and everything that can be done and be accomplished. What do you think Jesus is saying? The value of the church coming together and everything that can be done and accomplished. Even this, uh, Andy was telling me, Bobette was just blown away by everyone that wants to bring in bags of supplies for the kids. She's like, what? She's, I'm just grateful that everyone wants to do that. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's a spirit of, of community. You know, we do a lot of things that are one another. We're, 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 we've embraced this idea of coming into these life groups to build up relationships in one another. Discipling times, you know, making phone calls. Any other needs that we can see. You know, if someone needs help, we need to help them. We need to wash the feet even of those who aren't yet Christians. There are people that are even here with us today who haven't yet understood everything that we understand. And we need to help them to know it. That's another way you can wash somebody's feet. But sometimes we can think it's all about me and what I get out of it. What you only get out of it what you put into it. Jesus says you'll be blessed if you do these things. It's one of these things where you get something by giving it away. 
Jesus showed his love. What makes us stay Christians? Scriptures like this, right? The fact that the Lord of the universe, the Son of God, got down and washed his disciples' feet. He would do that for us today. The fact that he went up on a cross and died for us, that's what motivates us. That's what keeps me faithful to God, is the heart behind that love that knows no bounds. It knows no limits. Sometimes we think it's easy to go to the cross. When you think of someone getting down and washing somebody's smelly, nasty feet, then you get a real picture of, man, Jesus really loved those guys. He really loves us guys. He didn't just love people then. He loves us now the same way he loved them then. And just the same way that he works in their lives is the same way that he brings the spiritual forces to work in your life. And he can't shield us from every problem. But he can bring us through every problem if we work together as a church. We have to be a family. We have to to, to be in that heart and that mind and that soul. Amen? So we need to aspire to follow in his steps that way. I just heard a bunch of Christians got together yesterday and had a blast. Just went out for breakfast. Just had a great time together. We need to do things like that. We don't need to just, you know, have this corporate response of a church, church, church. We need to be relationally connected in in each other's lives. Amen? But the second thing, we look to the last slide, is Peter. Sometimes it is all about you. This is a, a communion, which is a communion that ends with a sermon and has communion in it. So sometimes it's not all about you, but sometimes it is all about you. Because look, what, how do you think Peter might have felt when Jesus got up to wash the feet? How do you think Peter might have felt? I should have done that. He might have felt embarrassed. He might have felt like I'm the one that forgot to get the foot washer. Jesus is humbling me by his servitude. He might have felt all kinds of funny feelings about Jesus doing this for him. And even the pride, like, I don't need you to, I can wash my own feet. But the reality is, what does Jesus say to him? He says, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. There was no way around this. And as we consider Jesus in our lives, it is all about you. Because he did something for you that nobody else could. He died for you on the cross. And as we come together today and consider that, it's like getting your feet washed. It's like getting your perspective back on. How do you think they felt when their Lord and Master washed their feet? Don't you think they felt loved? Don't you think they felt cared for? Don't you think they felt inspired? Humbled, too, because probably they should have all washed each other's feet, right? But they knew they needed this. And Jesus is telling Peter, if you don't let me do this, you have no part with me. Sometimes when we spend years as a Christian and we've gotten spiritual growth, we lose our appreciation for the fact the only reason we are here is Jesus. The only reason we get to be righteous is Jesus. The only reason we get to go to heaven is Jesus. It is all about you. Because that's what he did for you. That's what he did for me. And as we take the time to consider what the communion means, it's recognizing that's what he did for you. That's what he did for me. That's what he did for Peter. Now, he references, if you've already 
wash yourself, you only need to wash your feet. Some of us are visiting here, and you need more than a foot washing. You need to get a bath. Okay? Some of you need the whole deal of what Jesus can do for you. Some of us here are in Christ, and we just need to be recentered, refocused, have our feet washed, come to the communion, and be so grateful for the covenant of forgiveness. Some of us haven't yet taken advantage of that covenant of forgiveness. It's out there. And you can learn how to take advantage of it. But you need to embrace the opportunity. So someone invited you here today, and you're wondering, what's he talking about with this bath thing? The Bible can teach you what I'm talking about. It's an important idea that God is trying to bring out, even through Jesus' example here. He cleansed them from rank and nasty feet. Jesus has cleansed us from our sins. He's renewed us. He's refreshed us. He's given us a hope. Amen? And as we take the communion, we need to think about that. We need to be grateful for what we have. We need to be appreciative and understand that Jesus did this for me. He did this for you. And as we think about Jesus washing their feet, I want us to think about the ways we can wash the feet of those in here. We can wash the feet of the needy people. How many of us have done things like go on the, 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 the breakfast runs or the midnight runs and things like that. Those people are looking at us like they're their friends. I've only done it three times in a row, but I've already got friends down there. They remember me. Do you understand? We're building friendships and serving the community. We need to think about ways we can serve our community and ways we can do, even consider how you can do Hope Volunteer Corps, and Lonnie will highlight that after the communion in a moment. But as we... Consider all this. Remember, Jesus says you will be blessed if you do these things. We need to have a heart of embracing the call that he has given us, which is when you see a need, step up and meet the need. Meet each other's needs and meet the needs of the lost and recognize that Jesus met a need for us in our salvation that only he could meet. And as we take the communion, let's be grateful for the covenant of forgiveness that comes through his blood. Amen? Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you, Father, that as we take communion, that we can be men and women, Lord God, that are inspired, that are encouraged, that are built up by your Son's love. We pray, Father, that his example of stepping up to wash the disciples' feet, Lord God, is something that inspires us to step up and meet the needs as we see them, Lord God. And also knowing that he did something for us that nobody else could do. He went and gave up his very life for us on the cross so that we could be saved. And as we take this communion, Lord God, we pray that we can just have a grateful, appreciative heart, Lord God, that is recentered and refocused on the love and sacrifice. And as we take this bread, we recognize that his body was broken because of our sins. And as we take the fruit of the vine, we recognize the promise of the covenant of forgiveness of sins, Lord God, that comes through his blood having been poured out. And we pray, Father, that you'll watch over us and all these things in your Son, Jesus' name. Amen. You just listened to the Westchester Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit westchester.nycococ.net.